Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So what, Trump at the U.N. or more about Kavanaugh? Because the Kavanaugh stuff never ends. I mean, you just spin the wheel of Kavanaugh. And there's always something new coming and to get to. And what was... Was that was that Gillibrand? Uh, Senator Gillibrand there on Fox? Uh, and, and she was saying how she... She wasn't on Fox. Fox was playing it. She was on CNN with Anderson Cooper last night. Uh, she believes uh, Dr. Ford and the allegation. She believes Deborah Ramirez, which is the allegation that is in The New Yorker. And if you believe the Deborah Ramirez allegation, you're an unserious person. You're unserious. I mean, it's it's shameful. But, you know, this is New York senator, and uh, you get what you vote for. You you get what you deserve, and oh, does she deserve it? I'm Tony Katz, by the way. How you doing? How you doing? The phone number eight three three got Tony. Go ahead, don't be shy. It's there for your enjoyment. Eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. TonyKatz.com is where you get all the podcasts. But I did. I I I I you know I I did the wheel. I did the wheel right there. Um, you know I've been talking about this uh, Murkowski. Uh, comment that's quoted lisa murkowski republican alaska you know was asked about uh, an fbi investigation and her response was would sure clear up all the questions wouldn't it and it's been retweeted like ten thousand times and that's completely the wrong statement because the answer is no a seventh fbi investigation does not clear up the the uh, the questions because it's not about the questions it's about the allegations how many times have you heard me say when it comes to uh, their hatred of President Trump it is not the crime that matters it is the charge they want to have the charge they want to have the thing they can use against him. You have an FBI investigation against Judge Kavanaugh. You know what you're, they're going to say? We're supposed to confirm somebody who's under criminal investigation? And then they'll they'll give you that face like uh, somebody farted. Right? Ugh. That's They'll give you one of those. That's exactly what they're hoping to say. That is the dream. That is the totality of the masturbatory fantasy. What are you talking about? They want the charge. They want the allegation. So for, for Senator Murkowski, the question is, will a seventh FBI investigation put an end to the allegations? And when you realize the answer is no, you understand what the game is. Sexual assault is not a game. Yet here is the Progressive Party of America utilize, utilizing it just that way. If this had mattered to Dianne Feinstein, it would have been the first question out of the gate in the confirmation hearing. If this had mattered, it would have been what she brought up to him in their private meeting. That's exactly what we would have gotten, and we didn't get any of that, not a single ounce. Last second, 
to prevent the confirmation from happening, to delay the confirmation, so he'll miss the opening of the session. Maybe somebody else come forward. We had heard Michael Moore begging for someone to come forward, and that's where this woman Ramirez comes from, where Democrats reached out to her. She was at a party. Kavanaugh exposed himself, except she didn't see Kavanaugh expose himself. She heard somebody else say that Kavanaugh exposed himself. He, she looked over, and she, she thought in her drunken stupor that Kavanaugh was pulling up his pants. And when in the article it was asked about, she said, I wasn't planning on coming forward, but then I realized that, that, that Kavanaugh would have, you know, have an impact on women's rights. So it was political from beginning to end. Kirsten Gillibrand knows this. She does not care. Like Maisie Hirono does not care because they don't care about women. I mean, honestly, women, do, do, do you think that Maisie Hirono and Kirsten Gillibrand care about you? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. I'm, I'm curious. Do you think these two senators who want to claim themselves as the top of the... Uh, what, what do you want to call it? Uh, equality food chain. Do you think for a second they actually care about you? Because I'm voting for no. If they had cared about Blasey Ford, they would have brought forth these allegations at the first. If Diane Feinstein cared about women, it would have happened. And why aren't these women upset with Diane Feinstein for not bringing it up earlier? You're not, you're not hearing any part of that. So it's not that an investigation would do anything. There's going to be a consistent stream of allegations. And it's not because, you know, it's not like they're going to get tired. It's, it's, it's Alinsky. It's rule number six. Rule number six is a good tactic that your people enjoy. I was talking about um, uh, those out there who engage in this violent uh, type of uh, protest, this mob mentality of going to restaurants and, and screaming at people like they did to Ted Cruz. They'll actually get into that. In, in, in a little bit, right? And and discussing the fact that you have no obligation to somehow be this, this, this kind, sweet person when people are screaming at you that you're a racist and a bigot and threatening you uh, and, and your wife. You have no moral obligation to somehow uh, deal with them in a way where you're kind. You have a moral obligation to be safe is what you have a moral obligation to. I think you should call the police. I think if you can, you should wait for the police. If you have to extricate yourself, you should leave. But if they get in your way, want to get tough with you, don't want to move out of your way, and you have to protect yourself or the ones you love, I think you have to do that. And I don't think you should be ashamed of that. Right? But we have to discuss it the way it is. Those people who walk into restaurants like they did to Kristen Nielsen uh, and, uh, and other places, they're not peaceful protesters. They are violent protesters. They are a violent mob. That's what they are, and they need to be treated as such. No investigation puts an end to the allegations because it's a tactic that works. The same thing is true of the mob. Rule number six, a good tactic is one that your people enjoy. These people enjoy walking into restaurants, disrupting all the other customers, and attacking people. And by the way, the other customers, if you're ever one of the other customers, you have to get up and push back against that mob. You have to. They have to know that they can't get away with this. They have to know that society is like, yeah, we're not having it. You want to disagree on policy? It's fine. You want to interrupt? You want to Make yourself more important than the people who worked hard here and are in the room enjoying dinner. Get out. 
get out. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we having a, a problem here? You're the violent mob. I was the person eating uh, my, my chicken parmesan. So now we got a problem. Now it's full Chaz Palminteri and Bronx Tale. Now you can't leave. I'm just saying. It's this idea that somehow everything would be better only if. So much of what we see is the progressive left demanding that the right live up to its end of the bargain. That is also one of Alinsky's rules. Make, the, make your opponent live up to their standard. So they have no morals. They will make any allegation. They will engage any concept to delay and hashtag resist. And what they're relying on is you being a good, kind, decent person and saying, okay, well, we'll wait a few days till we have a, an investigation. Well, no, 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 we could we wait a few days and, and make sure we get, yes, you're right, we should get all the, the information. In the case of Dr. Blasey Ford, she says there were four other people at the party and all four of them, all four of them say they weren't there. What else is there? What else is, what after that makes her allegation credible? 833-GOT-TONY. I'm asking. We know from Deborah Ramirez in the New Yorker column that the Democrats sought her out, that she has gaps in her memory, that she was drunk at the time the alleged incident happened, that her friends all say, never brought it up to me. We were the dearest, closest, tightest of friends. She would have told me, never brought it up to me. And you admit that you had a political reason to engage the allegation. I mean, that's some doubt. That really is some doubt. Now, I think for some people, there is a whole conversation of, you mean the thing that he did wrong was he took off his pants? He didn't force anything into your mouth, right? No, no, just took off his pants. All right, that's that's pretty damn stupid. And is it possible something could just be pretty damn stupid and not sexual uh, harassment? And I'm not talking about in the case of Kavanaugh. I'm talking about in the case of people. (laughs) Oh, there are so many questions and so many ways that this has opened uh, uh, a a Pandora's box. By the way, everyone is guilty. You know that, right? You know you're guilty. Oh, it doesn't matter what you did. You're guilty. And, oh, if you're a woman, don't think that somehow you're getting off easy. You are also guilty. Absolutely, positively. So that's Murkowski. So that's Ted Cruz. And by the way, that was only one spin of the wheel of Kavanaugh. I'll do another one that's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So you're telling me, Ari, I cannot get my sexy handsmaid's tail uh, costume anymore. You cannot. Yeah, but I, I I look really good in it. You do have great calves. Thank you. Thank you, right? Implants. Tony Katz, 833-GOT-TONY, 
800-919-8669. Uh, they had it for sale. It was the Yandy Brave Red Maiden costume. It was sexy Handmaid's Tale is what it was. And people got upset from Yandy.com. They got upset. And, uh, well, they've pulled uh, the the costume. Uh, I don't know if I'm the only one who has noticed, and I do not believe I'm the only one who has noticed, but the only reason Halloween exists is to take anything in the world and make it sexy. And and so we're all clear, none of it is sexy. It's all whorish. None of these issues, there's a fundamental difference, right, Ari? There's a difference between sexy and whorish, right? I mean, I, honestly, I uh, if you have daughters, I don't know how you would let them do some of that stuff, right? And maybe they don't. But adults, listen, you're, you are allowed to do what you want. That is why you are over the age of 18. Consent is a thing. And man, do they ever. And it is almost with pride. It is with pride. It, Halloween is the most shameless, you know, they should rename Halloween to Hollywood, uh, Fredericks of Hollywood is tame. That's what it should be renamed. That's how they view the Halloween costume. You don't even know what Fredericks of Hollywood is, Ari, do you? You have no idea. You're a millennial and you don't know what Fredericks of Hollywood is. Okay, Fredericks of Hollywood, how would I, how would I describe it? Fredericks of Hollywood uh, was Victoria's Secret, except dirty. Right? So, so you, you understand... What I'm saying there, that that uh, you, you Fredericks of Hollywood was like, you know, you're just a little bit, just a, just a little bit more. I've heard people say right? that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, too much of anything is not good. Victoria's Secret was sexy. But, but with uh, Fredericks of Hollywood. I don't know about that. It was sexy, but in a motel. Right? It was motel sexy. You know? With, with, with Victoria's Secret, you know, you, you might have met her in a bar. With, with Fredericks of Hollywood, you met her when the bar closed. There's, there's the, there's the difference right there. All right, that's 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 all I can say. I think that's the best way to go about it. Are you trying to sing along, Ari? All right, let's let's stop that. We can't have any more of it. Uh, but it's gone. It's gone now. I have not yet seen uh, Handmaid's Tale. All I know is it's supposed to be the life story of Mike Pence. That's that's how everybody and their mother describes it to me. And I I can't imagine that is something that would last so long. Oh, was it on Hulu? On the Hulus? I have I haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. Nah. I mean maybe one day. I'm gonna need to buy Hulu. Maybe I can maybe I can uh Make him borrow your password sometime. Overheard. Here's Brian. Whoa, look out, America. There's a mad judge on the loose, and he's humping everyone. Random ladies, cashier clerks, even his own wife. His paper boy saw him showing the neighbor's dog who's boss. Who are we to believe? Well, fortunately, Megan Kelly is here to break down the allegations put forth by Blazy Ford. Wait a minute, is Megan Kelly playing the part of a Republican or a Democrat now? Republican? Oh, good. That means I can like her again. I mean, let's face it. I know I'm a male chauvinist pig, but she's far more attractive as a conservative, don't you think? 
Oh, the clip. She's represented by Democrat operatives. These, these Democratic operatives, these lawyers are very political who she chose. A former lawyer who helped advise Anita Hill, for example. The, one of her lawyers denied that it was sexual harassment when, when Bill Clinton allegedly exposed himself to Paula Jones. That woman saw sexual harassment very differently when the accused was a Democrat. All right, so Christine Blasey Ford did herself no favors by aligning with these partisan operatives, in my view. In a Rolling Stone contributing editor Joe Levy, flaming liberal. In all fairness, Brett Kavanaugh also saw things differently in the Clinton investigation. I mean, his positions have changed as well. What, so, what do you mean? What are you saying? Back away, Joe. I've been in this position before. Uh, Kavanaugh thought that uh, these were impeachable offenses. He was uh, very clear about uh, the Ken He's Star saying he didn't do it, Joe. He's not saying that those allegations against him amount to nothing if saying, he did. I'm just He's saying, saying that, he didn't do I'm it. I'm just saying the positions on both sides have changed no. over time. Absolutely not. You have no evidence for that, none whatsoever. What he's saying is he didn't do the thing he's being accused of. He's not trying to justify it if it's proven. Nicely done, Megs. All right, you're back in the club, dear. Don't step out of line again, okay? Meanwhile, idiots of the highest order attempted to harass Ted Cruz and his wife at a restaurant in D.C., and they believe survivors. Hey, look, kids, clapping seals. Yeah, see, this is why people who have no rhythm should just be banned from protesting, all right? Can we do that? Senator, I have a right to know what your position is on Brett Kavanaugh. We have a right. And also, I want to know what you're having for dinner. Would you like to hear the specials? Can you talk to him about his position? We believe survivors. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. Okay, yeah, I can't even focus because the chant is such a mess. Guys, from now on, this is how it goes down. We rehearse, we rehearse, we rehearse, and then we protest, all right? Because we look like jackasses right now. I'm also putting all the restaurants on notice where I dine. Guys, this kind of crap goes down while I'm having dinner. I'm out, and I'm not coming back, all right? You hear me, Subway? And finally, 1980s icon and actress Kathleen Turner has a new book out. Kathleen Turner, you remember her. She used to be Kathleen Turner. Anyway, the book is entitled On Acting. In the book, she gives the -the behind-the-scenes scoop on relationships with her co-stars and, of course, her famous voice. I'm one of seven women who can sing Old Man River in the original key. No kidding. Old Man River, that old man river. Well, I'll never achieve an erection again. I'm Brian Baker. Do so very much. Enjoy your day. Brian Baker, thank you. Tony Katz, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I've been uh, making mention of what I think is going to be the best debate in all of America, and it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is going to be debating Dr. Anthony Pappas. This is the congressional debate. Pappas is the Republican. Pappas is also an associate professor in economics and finance at St. John's University's Peter J. Robin College of Business. They're going to talk money. The economics professor and the socialist are going to talk money. It is going to be amazing. Absolutely, positively incredible. I I only hope they pay-per-view it. What I think is going to be fascinating here is that the, the debate is being put on by Queens Latino, which is a local Spanish-speaking newspaper. Nothing wrong with that at all. Good on them. Congratulations. I, I really hope it's successful. But we need to ask ourselves what is meant by successful. My fear is that somehow the, the, the push is going to be that answering questions is not going to be the name of the game. 
So it's going to be, hey, uh, professor, uh, defend not having a, a minimum wage. Well, so economics teaches us, no, why don't you care about people? It's going to be one of those. So this, it, it could have this, this, this opportunity for really exposing two schools of thought. Uh, the thought of, of, of capitalism, the thought of markets, the thought of people being able uh, to achieve their moment of happiness uh, through their, their, their own work, the thought of how wealth is actually created and therefore, uh, quote-unquote, distributed because people engage in commerce. That's the way wealth should be distributed. Or uh, will it kind of, kind of uh, push that to the side because it's, it's going to be a team-up of social justice things? Free college and uh, free health care. And housing is a human right. You see? Yeah. Do you, you don't understand how quickly the whole thing can go south. I mean, I mean, just, I mean, it has the, the possibility of just falling a, a, a apart. You know, and the first question asked to uh, the professor is, uh, so, um, why, you 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 believe in capitalism? Uh, why do you hate brown people? Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Oh, you don't think one of those questions is going to happen? Are we are we placing bets? Are we? You don't think one of those questions is going to happen? Yeah, you don't think there will be a question along the lines of uh, the policies that 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 you think are valuable. Uh, professor, we've seen those policies in action, and they really have a negative impact on brown people. Do you think that's okay? You don't think we're going to see that question? You don't think so, Ari? I think that's oddly specific, and I don't think it'll be mentioned. 20 bucks. Easy money. 20 bucks. And that question within some type of that wording. 20 bucks. You in? Do you even make 20 bucks for doing this show? Yeah. Good. So I'm doing it right. Be right back. Tony Katz, 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Amazon announcing uh, that uh, for their uh, presentation of Thursday Night Football, they are they have 11 Thursday Night Football games. Uh, their anchors, their announcing team, Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer. And people are like, oh, wow, two women. And the answer is, yeah, when you're Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer, sure. When, when you've proven yourself, absolutely. <laughs> going to be fine by me, although I just don't know if I'm going to be watching football on, on Amazon. But, I, I, I mean, I, if, if you want to and you don't have any other options, that's what you do. But um, good on them. Congratulations. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm past the point where I'm like, wow, we look at the equality. I'm just like, good. They're, they're good at it. Good on them. You know, congratulations. Tony Katz, great to be with you. 833 got Tony, as I said. Now, I have a question that has nothing to do with anything. 
during during the break, you know, sometimes I talk during the break. Uh, this time I had to get get a get a drink and and, and stretch the legs. It, it it happens, and and I go into the little kitchenette area of the of the station here, and right there on the on the uh, counter of the of the of the kitchenette is Giordano's Pizza. All right, so that's Chicago pizza, deep dish, which, as we all know, is not pizza. Um, but, you know, it's it's lovely. It's lovely. And, you know, I, Chicago's a great city, uh, and bless you, but as a guy who, uh, born in Brooklyn, grew up in New Jersey, uh, there are rules. Um, and uh, one of the rules is is that pizza uh, is, is from New York, New Jersey. Now, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. I think Giordano's is, is good. I think it's a fun experience, all of those things. All right, but, but I didn't want to get into a whole East Coast, Midwest fight on, 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 on the pizza. By the way, the only real vestige I have of my East Coast life is the pizza. And not thin crust. No, not that Jersey thin crust crap. We're talking about Jersey pizza. You know, in the shape of a triangle, it's got the right fold and you, the grease and the, oh, the joy, the, the joy and the heartburn. Oh, God, it's almost a sexual experience. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. I just had myself a moment. Honestly, I, I, I feel like uh, smoking a cigarette and taking out, you know, that, that's, that's how good it, it is. Vicks and Bradley Beach, amazing. But it's there. It's it's like right there in the kitchenette. It's just like two boxes of Giordano's pizza. Clearly, people have had some. Uh, and what I don't know is is that in an office environment, is, is that fair game pizza? Is it there because it's supposed to be there, or is it there like it's for other people? It's fair game. Is no, it's not fair game, right? I didn't have any, but I didn't know what the rules are. And this is this is where. I, I'm lost because I have seen uh, many times, m- many times I, I I see like like there's there's something there, and then I see people eating it. I'm like, I, I didn't get an email, you know. I'm like the guy from Office Space, my Stefa, and I didn't get get an email, and so I don't know what the rules are, and I find the whole. This really comes down to the fact that I'm incredibly awkward in the station, and I don't I don't know if I've ever talked about this before. It is, it is so true, uh, and I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it aggressively, and I feel like I'm taking these absolutely insane baby steps. And and every time, I'm like you know, what am I doing? I realize, well, what I'm doing is actually, I'm kind of trying to protect myself. So here here's here's what, what what's going on. I what I get to do the the show, uh, you know, as as we get to do it, I love, I adore. Behind the mic, there I'll gladly have any conversation. Uh, for people who know me, it is the same person that is out there, you know, having a cigar, walking down the street. You know, I'm, I, I am thrilled to be here. I, I love to be able to engage this stuff. When I'm in the building, in the studio, right, or in, in, in the station, but I'm not in the studio, I find myself remarkably awkward. I don't enjoy conversations with people. I try to avoid conversations with people. I will not walk into someone's office most times. I'll talk from the door because I don't know. There are so many insane rules of engagement these days that I can't keep up. And um, if I say to somebody, hey, how are you? And they say to me, uh, it's, it's Monday. 
I just want to punch myself in the face. I don't know how to do that. I have no small talk ability or capability whatsoever. I cannot. I cannot small talk for the life of me. And I wish I could. I wish I could. Yeah. Hey, how about them cubbies? I can't do it. I can't do it. You know why? Because a grown man should never say the word cubbies. Just shouldn't happen. Right? No grown-up should like the Chicago Cubs because cubbies. It's not, I'm not mad at the team. Oh, don't even send me the, the emails. I'm not saying I don't like the, the Cubs. I'm saying that the name, I just, it doesn't, see, that's just it. That's just it. I can't just be like, uh, huh, that's Schwarber. I can't do it. And by the way, you impressed that I knew who Schwarber was there? You, you impressed by that? Yeah. Yeah, that was it's the best I could do. Yeah. It's the best I could do. It's honestly baseball, not 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 my sport. But if you want to talk about football, uh, Michael Singletary, I'll tell you no. You mean the coach, former coach of the 49ers, Mike Singletary? Yeah, the, not the former Chicago Bear, the former coach. That's how I know him. <laughs> the 49ers. I totally forgot he coached. Yeah. Oh my God, I totally forgot he coached the team. Holy cow, that did not end well. At all, but yeah, I I can't do it, and I and I feel awkward in the building all the time, and people are and I've and so 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 here's what gets said, right? Because there, it's it's not even that there's a rumor mill. It's just you know some people are like straight to your face. So um, people think you're an ass, and I'm like I'm not an ass, and they're like I know, and then the other one is, you know, people are afraid of you, right? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Well, it turns out that people are afraid of me. And it's what's weird is it's not because we ever had any run-in of any kind. It's because I, outside of this, I don't know what to do. I didn't grow up in, in, in office uh, settings, right? And I don't own the small talk gene. And, you know, the, the, I, I think the, the truest thing about me, and it's, it's a difference between when you work for yourself and when you work with others, um, I'm, I am interested in the work. I am interested in the work. I want to get the work done. I want to get the job done. I don't, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to bring my problems of home to the workplace. You know why? Because the workplace is about the work that needs to be done. And so I want to get the stuff done. And, 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 and other people are not like that. And I have a very hard time. I, I do have a hard time relating uh, to it. And so, I, like, I have, I, I'm, 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 I'm intense. Is that, is that how you describe me, uh, Ari? You well, know, I, you always tell me I need to share more. Would you say I'm intense? I, I'd, I'd say this. But before I started working with you, yes, I was afraid of you. And, yes, I thought you were an ass. But now that I've gotten to know you, I think none of those things are true. Are you intense? Yeah, you can be. Right. Oh, oh definitely. You're passionate, but I don't – you're passionate. Uh, tr- uh, true, true enough. Uh, for someone to think I'm, I'm, an, I'm an ass because that's just – I mean, uh, it, what, what, I, it's, not, it's not like I ever said anything nasty to them. It's that I never said anything, right? Yeah. It's just I just didn't. I was just like, hello, and just kept going, right? There was no socialization whatsoever. It was very Mike Pence of me. You know, it's a second Pence reference of of the day. Can I tell you, he's coming to Indianapolis, and I'm working on, on getting him on the show. I'm working on getting the, the, the conversation uh, with him. I just, 
you know, every time they, when you do a, a, an interview, they're like, well, what do you want to talk about? And, you know, you know there's some vetting that goes on and then their schedules and everything. It's, it's totally in, insane. Um, oh, do I want to talk to I want to talk to him about this 25th stuff and Rod Rosenstein. I want to talk to him about what he thinks of Brett Kavanaugh. And I swear to you, if he doesn't say to me, uh, what do you think of the Pence rule now? You know, I, I, I mean, don't lose the moment, sir. My goodness gracious. I, I, I only hope I get to. But, yeah, it's just if anybody has any good advice on, on how to, I don't know, like like be, be not so, I, I, I don't know how to describe myself in the office. I'm totally uncomfortable. In the building, I am totally uncomfortable all the time. And in those moments where I think, like, I can be comfortable, you know what I find? I find that, like, I'm, I'm worried about, oh, my gosh, was that the wrong thing to say? It's just not, it's not who I am. It's not who I am anyplace else. Just in the building, so I, I, the the real problem is is not me; it's the rest of you. I believe I believe the real problem is is you, Ari, and and your and your cohorts. I knew you'd turn this around somehow. Um, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, 833, got Tony. That's the number, 833-468-8669. And by the way, should I, should, have I properly spun the wheel of Kavanaugh? Did I do it? Did I, did I spin the wheel of, of Kavanaugh? I'll, I'll get to it in, in, a, in a second. I, it's, it's never ending, all the nonsense that is coming uh, from, uh, from, from this, this story. And I talked about the president being in, uh, speaking at the UN because he spoke at the UN, rejecting globalism and talking about patriotism. And he said, you know, hey, I know they want me to meet with Rouhani. Not happening. That's the president of Iran. I can see that. Now, I don't want him to meet with Rouhani at all. However,. However, I can absolutely understand that in his methodology that he might. I could see that he thinks that he should one day. Why? Because, well, this is, this is what he does. Um, this, is, this is who uh, he is. He has the meeting to set the deal, right? Setting the deal is very important to him. It's kind of what he does. It's how he works. So I'm not going to be surprised that he might set up a meeting with Rouhani. I'm just curious to what he thinks it's going to create. The only way Iran gets better is if the mullahs and the clerics are gone and the people, the Persians actually are able to take their lives back and engage uh, in a world economy. That's the only way it gets better in Iran. It cannot work with the mullahs and the hardliners in charge. So, what changes there? Because until that changes, you have got nothing. Uh, Then there is this. It's a Gallup poll. 
talking about favorability. Now, uh, as always, as with every poll, I do not, I do not look at a poll and say, this is the word of the Lord. I don't do that. I don't do that. Usually I do it with a much better voice. I don't know. Maybe it's the Lord, the Lord. Anyway. 45% Forty-five percent of Americans have a favorable favorable view of the Republican Party. That's a really interesting number. Forty-five percent. I mean, it's less than fifty uh, percent, right? Forty-five percent, but it's the highest it's been since January two thousand eleven, when the party had a forty-seven percent positive image. As a matter of fact, last September, so a year ago. It was 36%. It's gone up It's gone up nine points in a year. And in a year where we were told that Donald Trump is a racist and a bigot and a xenophobe and a this and a that and another, and he hates black people and he hates Jews and he hates uh, gay people. What's more interesting is that Democrats' favorability is at 44%. The Republicans right now have a higher favorability, according to Gallup, than the Democrats. This is why I find myself not going with any level of trends when it comes to who's going to take the House and who's going to take the Senate in the midterms. The Senate, I still argue, is going to be in Republican hands. I say the House is still leaning to the Democrats. I have no reason to move off of that in any way. And every bit of data that I have seen, you want to talk to me about the, the, the Beto O'Rourke, uh, Ted Cruz polls numbers here in my beloved Indiana, the Mike Braun, Joe Donnelly poll numbers. You want to tell me about Rick Scott and Bill Nelson uh, down in, in Florida? Uh, you, go Go right ahead. You know what I say? None of it leads you down a path of certitude. Not a single number taken anywhere leads you there. Not all the numbers put together and then take take a look at from different angles leads you there. There is not a trend line I am seeing. I honestly don't know what to do with that information. Finding a trend line, I think, is important. Finding uh, not what you want to see in a number, but the actual number is important. Listen, 2012, if you had asked me the day before that election, the day of that election, and I was live. We were doing a live uh, stream uh, from uh, Americans for Tax Reform uh, in 2012. I would have told you that, that Mitt Romney was going to be the next president of the United States. And when those results started turning in, the people who left that party and were, we've got a whole setup. We're doing a whole live stream. It was amazing. It was amazing. How cool it was. Um, Oh, yeah, I was wrong. And when I look back and you realize that only Nate Silver was right, I didn't say, oh, well, Nate Silver is now uh, the, the, the arbiter. I said, what does Nate Silver do? And one of the things that Nate Silver does, uh, 538 blog, uh, is that he's not worried about how he feels. He, 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 he looks at the numbers. What does the data tell you? Then 2016 came. And you know what happened? Everybody who wanted to tell me what the data was saying lied. 
all the data was wrong. And so I said, okay, what is it that I could take from this? What do I extrapolate from these two really monumental experiences uh, of elections in, in my life? And I said, well, there are two things. No one poll can tell you anything, but a, a series of polls can give you a concept and an idea. Then from there, you have to take a look at your gut. You have to trust yourself that what you're seeing is indeed what you're seeing, not what you want to see, what you are actually seeing, not what you desire to see, what is actually in front of you, not what you fantasize about, but what is right there in front of your eyes. And when I take those two points and put them together, there is not a trend line. There is not something. I can look to some anecdotal pieces right now, and I pay attention to them. The Flores race in Texas and San Antonio there, that's a big deal. You know what might make a, a, a difference? Well, this Kavanaugh conversation. If Republicans fold on Kavanaugh, Republicans don't win anything. It'll be a Democratic House and Democratic Senate. Republicans don't win anything if they fold on Kavanaugh. They hold on Kavanaugh, they vote. It might change how people come out for the election. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.